It is a big week for sequels. Johnny Five, Riggs, Murtaugh, Hellboy, Arthur return for one last time. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to 30-20-10. I hope our little intro made sense because it is Sequel City this episode. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, and I'll be one of the people walking you through our little trip 30, 20, and 10 years ago. This week we'll be covering July 6th through the 12th of 1988, 1998, and 2008, looking at all the movies, TV, video games, music, Etc. that happened and or released that week in history. Who else is with me today? Dubious Indian accent, Diana Goodman. <laughs> oh, no. It's me, Sarah, and I'm too old for this shit. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So many wonderful stereotypes abound in this episode, <laughs> uh, including one of those incredible surprises. I think Sarah and I went back and revisited something we didn't know we'd appreciate mm-hmm. that much. Uh, so stay tuned to find out what that is. Anyway, starting off as we always do in 1988, uh, June 6th to the 12th, we start off uh, always with the movies. Wait, there's a little bit of news, though, to bring you into the world of 1988. Yeah, so July 6th, 1988, apparently was the first report of medical waste washing up on New York shores. I Whoa. doubt that, though. I think this <laughs> yeah. went back to the 70s. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling. It became like a running gag about, like, New York is so full of garbage, you go down to the beach and it's all the fish are filled with hypodermic needles. I, yeah, mean, I, got, I get the Joel. feeling this is when the hospital stopped bribing people to not report it. Billy Joel sings about it, and we didn't Does start he? the fire. Hyperdermics yeah. on the shore, rock and roll and cola wars. wars I, can't I can't take, take it anymore. anymore. Yeah. Again, everyone can find a great band name in Billy Joel's We Didn't it's Start so the true. Fire. It's uh, I, Space Monkey I Mafia is one, one of my favorites, one. as well as British Politician Sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what's happening. Uh, in 19- oh, by the way, uh, yeah. this weekend, my band Dien Ben Foo Falls. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be rocking out at, at uh, Smithy's. You want to check us out? Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's that, that should help everyone. Let 1988 wash over you, because as we talked about last week, Coming to America is rightfully number one at the box office. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was I was very ecstatic. I just never heard peop- a consensus on that being the best Eddie Murphy movie, and it really looked like none of us were wrong. That That movie is so beloved. Yeah. Oh, got so Definitely. many great messages from people. Mm-hmm. People pointing out, like, it is canon. That's Black Panther's favorite movie. Is it? That's love so it. fantastic. Here's, you know, here's here's the panel of him holding the movie, going like, "I love this movie, sexual chocolate." <laughs> it's fantastic. like I'm imagining Chadwick Boseman saying it, and it's mm-hmm. like even sexual chocolate. But someone in Wakanda in canon finds Zamunda offensive. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, don't think about it. We have not, Let's not think about it too hard. We don't discuss those kinds of problematic issues in 1988. It's a simpler <laughs> world. Um, because Except for Track 29. What movie is this, Diana? Boys, this look weird. Uh, this is a Nicholas Rogue joint uh, who's kind of an insane person. Mm-hmm. He made Don't Look Now and Performance and Walkabout, which are all awesome movies. Yeah. This one is about Teresa Russell, who I think was his wife girlfriend at the time. Uh, like gave a baby up for adoption. Then Gary Oldman shows up like super baby Gary Oldman. And it's like, she thinks it's her kid, but is also kind of nuts. And maybe they're having an affair. And like everything about Nicholas Rogue as a filmmaker mentions, like it's a minor effort. No one cares. Mm, huh. That's too bad. But it is produced by handmade films. So George Harrison produced this movie, man. He, oh. he always made interesting choices with the movies he produced. You really did. Sometimes not so great with like a Shanghai surprise. I said interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's sometimes it's uh, Monty Python: Life of Brian. Life of Brian, my favorite Monty Python movie, and screw everyone who thinks otherwise. Oh damn! <laughs> and, uh, but a sequel this week, and yet another sequel. 
Phantasm 2. Do you know anything about Phantasm? I have not seen Phantasm 1 or 2. It's been nine years since Phantasm 1. Holy shit. Wow. Um, yeah. All right, let's hear a little bit of that Trey Trey. You think that when you die, you go to heaven, you come to us. It has no conscience. It kills on command. And it moves so quickly that by the time you see it coming, you're already dead. The ball is back. Phantasm 2. It's only a dream. No, it's not. <laughs> Wonderful. The, the deadliest pinball you ever did see. Clearly, this is a 70s holdover. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful. Especially after we just did a whole laser time all about collecting and procuring and re... Yeah. What is that called? Uh, restoration of pinball and arcade games. Mm-hmm. But we also have... I Man, we talked about this yesterday. Sarah's husband, Sam, made me feel... Ash- me and Sarah feel ashamed for never having seen this movie. Yeah. What the heck, man? License to drive. Well, I, I remember the schoolyard did the same thing because in the fledgling years of HBO, they still... I didn't know this till we did a laser time about pay cable. HBO to this day does not air rated R content before nine o'clock, eight or nine o'clock. Okay. So when the channel's just starting and has the rights to this many movies, it ran the shit out of kids stuff mm-hmm. throughout most like most of the day was kids stuff. So it would run movies twice in a day, such as License to Drive. And the only thing I knew about that movie, and everybody talked about it was one of the kids pulled down a girl's tube top and they took a picture of her tits. And like oh. The whole schoolyard was talking. It was amazing. You ever seen License to Drive, Diana? The Corys? Uh, I have not. I was not on the Cory bandwagon. Um, I guess this is supposed to be like their better outing if you don't count Lost Boys. Or Dream a Little Dream, which got a sequel. Yeah, dr- right, that's supposed to be kind of weird mm-hmm. and offbeat. This seems more straightforward, like... I want to take out Heather Graham, so I'm going to steal my dad's car. Wacky things are going to happen. <laughs> Let's hear a little bit of that trailer. It's like a sign. A sign from the big Mr. Goodwrench in the sky. Will Les get the car home in one piece? <laughs> Will his father leave Les in one piece? You are damn lucky your mother didn't go into labor. No, I, I am in labor. What? License to drive. Have a happy ending. <laughs> oh, such innocent times. Wow. Like what what stakes? Will Zach get the heart in one piece? Oh, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I feel I oh I feel so old when I see trailers like that, even though I've never seen this movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that this is a ton of people's favorite movie from around this time. Mm-hmm. Please put in comments, tell us about your love of the Corys. Not- and how Carol Kane has an H in 30 years and it's oh freaking me out. I know. And then also, I think the dad is Richard Ma- Mazur. The guy from name? Teen Wolf? He's in everything. Looking at the, but he is like, the look is peak 80s dad. Oh, 100%. He's got, he's got a perm and pedophile glasses. Yeah. And a giant mustache. Yeah. Uh, and here's, in, in the terms of what other movies I haven't seen, this is another sequel I was hinting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dudley Moore's last performance as Arthur. And I, I'm gonna, you're going to be ashamed of me. I've never seen Arthur. Oh, really? Okay. No, All I have right. not. Oh. Um, but Arthur 2, it was pretty widely shit on, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. This is supposed to be awful. <laughs> Arthur 2 Arthur on the rocks. Um, what's the point? I don't know. Well, John I- Gilgood's character was dead. Why is he in this movie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, how would you describe Arthur 1? Is it is it something that you shouldn't have made a sequel to? Like Sicario? Listen oh, to bonus time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have feelings. You know, yeah, kind of. I mean, the basic idea is he is a drunk, goofy millionaire, 
and he falls in love with a poor girl, but he's his family's making him marry this rich girl, and it's all about him trying to get out of it, and convinces uh, Liza Minnelli is the poor girl that like no he's actually a good guy underneath um, he's just a drunk oh that, but that's, he's a fun drunk but that's right because it's such an iconic role for Dudley Moore most people's Dudley Moore impressions are actually Arthur yeah <laughs> oh it's just Arthur yeah and honestly the first Arthur is really funny it has incredibly funny dialogue I'm I'm a fan of the Russell Brand remake Ooh. exclusively I've never seen it yes. I just wanted to have an unpopular opinion okay <laughs> never seen yeah, it either yeah this because I spent so much time in this decade seeing the final movie we'll talk about of 1988. For my money, the best part two of all time. And I <laughs> haven't. Fuck you, Godfather. Fuck you, Godfather. Oh, fuck you, Toy Story. Eat shit, Empire Strikes Back. Get out of the way. <laughs> it's Short Circuit 2. Number five is a small town robot about to hit the big city. What is that? What is what? That? Is it yours? Oh, yeah. There's only one of them, and we got it. Is he a bookworm? The chauffeur did it. Card shark. Keep your eye on the red card. A fashion statement. The clothes make the man. Or is he America's most endangered life form? You're going to get recycled. Oh, look, I'm really scared. Sure. What a crazy man. Number five is moving downtown for Short Circuit 2. I love this movie so fucking much. Because we talked about Short Circuit 2 before. Yes, we talked about the problematic performance of uh, Fisher, Fisher Stevens. Stevens. What are you um, doing, man? And, and that's, it's not any better in this movie because Ali Sheedy and Steve, uh, Steve Gutenberg declined to be in the sequel. But that also means there is way more Johnny Five in Short Circuit 2 than there is Short Circuit 1. Mm. He is the star of this movie, not Ali Sheedy and, mm-hmm. uh, and Steve Gutenberg. Uh, and to me, that makes it fantastic. And a great... Side performance from Michael McKeon. Yeah, I do love him. <sighs> That's a I love Michael freeze. McKeon. Me too. Um, yeah, I don't know if these were just these were thin years for him, or just the offer was too good, or what. I, I feel like he's slumming. I think Michael McKeon will do pretty much anything, and he'll be the best at it. Yeah. I was just wa- watching clips of Jim- Jiminy Glick, <laughs> and God, I forgot so for good. no reason Michael McKeon is the band leader. <laughs> it, yeah, it has like two lines in an episode, like for no reason. Uh, but Short Circuit 2, I, I cannot even... Short Circuit 2 is so good, I can't even watch Short Circuit 1. Damn! It's I, it's mostly Johnny Five focus. It takes place in the big city, not like a... a what was it Maine or Portland or something like that? Yeah. Just some sleepy water town? coastal town. And it's clearly mostly Vancouver. Uh, but it's it's just more Johnny Five focus. So for a kid's movie, I don't know. It just excels. It hits really, really great heights. Johnny is such an endearing little character. I'm surprised that guy didn't voice more things. Uh, I think the only notable voice acting I could find from the guy who did Johnny Five's voice was the pug in Men in Black. Wow. Uh, But yeah, I just thought this movie was fantastic. It hits a bunch of high notes. It's one of the most tragic sequences for a kid ever when Johnny Five gets beaten to death in slow motion as he cries for his life. It's the kind of sequence you couldn't do with the human being, but they were comfortable showing us with a robot. Oh, and we didn't say Johnny Five is a robot. (laughs) <laughs> Developed by the government, struck by lightning, and the first movie is all about like trying to get him back or protect him from the government. And this is just this is about Benjamin Javetti needing to build toy Johnny. He's he's building toy Johnny Fives to make his make ends meet, and Johnny Five comes to help him at the factory. It's a real fucking eighties sequel <laughs> uh, conceit. But what really pisses me off? What really pisses me off? I always assume Short Circuit was huge. So uh, I'm on my sad, lonely, lonely, not quite millennial benders. I'll go looking for Short Circuit merchandise. Mm-hmm. It has a great poster, Short Circuit 2. You can see it in community on Abed's wall. It's Johnny Five relaxing in a pool. Nice. Saying it with like the tagline, like, look who's getting a sequel. 
or we don't have a script yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there are no toys for Johnny Five. And in this movie, there are perfectly scaled robot Johnny Five toys that just never saw the light of day. Why? Why? Uh, I don't know. That's it, crazy. I find it fucking baffling and infuriating at the same time. There are no Johnny Five toys. There are okay. pins and shirts and... and Cardboard foldouts, but no plastic metal Johnny Five toys. Guys, we can kickstart this. I hope so. And we just talked about Wally from 08 a right. few weeks ago, yeah. and I think there's a ton of influence there, oh like God. especially in the eyes. How great would that be? Both of them on a shelf. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would love yes. that. Yes, I have a Wally toy. Why don't I have a short circuit toy? Wally's uh, lonely. Uh, the movie steals half of its soundtrack from Footloose. Doesn't bother me a bit because mm. I'd rather watch this in Footloose any day. Um, am I the only one who has positive memories of Short Circuit 2? I have a positive memory. I, I do like the sequence where um, they're like locked in a freezer and only have a phone that can only <laughs> dial. And so they start dialing directions to find them based on songs. Sitting at the dock of the bay. Take a right. <laughs> that it's, is it's, awesome. It's so goofy, but it's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that one. And look, Fisher Stevens is a white guy and he's playing an Indian guy. But I've heard... Well, at least twice, and on Master of None, Indian people being like, "He's not Indian." <laughs> <laughs> well, That's I got, right. I got my, uh, I got kicked in the dick for. I wasn't trying to defend his performance, but Fisher Stevens has spent about the last thirty years trying to do just yeah. that, and he said he was uncomfortable doing it at the time, so he spent months in England trying his best to Aww. learn that, not knowing in years from now, like that wouldn't be. An excuse in any way, like right? Yeah, I spent a bunch of Hollywood yeah. movie pretending to be an Indian. Yeah, I mean, I did the I think, right thing. I think it's one of those things where, like, I feel like he's done his penance for it, and we can just bring it up as like, oh yeah, that sucks. Anyways, he does, moving on. He's, Fisher Stevens does have, I think, let's call it the most woke Oscar for, of any. <laughs> oh God, yes, <laughs> saving dolphins and winning an yeah, Oscar for the Troubles. Yeah, true. he produced the Cove about mm-hmm. the slaughter of dolphins. That's right. So I, remember, I feel like he's paid us back. I remember watching that and being like, what? is happening <laughs> why is he here yeah because he, well, he's not well yeah, like there's... when the dean won for um the descendants <laughs> i was like dean what are you doing up there dean alina lean i'd like to thank uh yeah sorry it's all yeah, off topic Sarah and i were passing community gifts just last night to one yep. another um but short circuit two i know i'm not alone i know almost everybody i know prefers this over the first one it's very strange because we did a commentary for it on uh pa- patreon.com slash laser time you can get it on lasertime.bandcamp we all have Less memories of this than Short Circuit 2 because Short Circuit 2, I think that's it. That's the simplest way to say it. It really goes whole hog in being a kid's movie. Mm. The first mm-hmm. one is an enjoyable 80s adults and kids movie. There's kind of some risque stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I even tried not to curse while describing it. But Short Circuit <laughs> 2 is, is a great kid's movie. It's one of the first movies I just remember we rented and like, we should watch that again. Rewind it. And we did. And cool. <laughs> so That's Short cool. Circuit 2, you have yeah. my love, and I'm very happy I get to put Johnny Five in one more 302010 image mm-hmm. on 302010.net. And seriously, leave your comments, people. We want to return to a show that's all about your feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And anything that ends with holding out for a hero. Oh, yeah. I am really one. pissed off, Oscar. <laughs> I just that, that song just it, <laughs> it sells it to me, and I know I shouldn't. Just all Jim Shaman songs, like no, no, you're manipulating me. You only have one song, and you're just doing it over and over. No, no, uh, <laughs> God, it is a total eclipse of the heart. Ah, uh, you, uh, 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 you win. And let's not. When you have something good. You just got to run it into the ground. And let's not overshadow that. After Johnny Five is nearly beaten to death, he reassembles himself as a punk rocker. To the tune of Bonnie Tyler's We Need a Hero. It's fantastic. It's all great. If you played the game Watch Dogs 2, there's a wonderful Short Circuit 2 reference. 
the Los Locos kick your ass, Los Locos kick your face, Los Locos kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's in Watch Dogs 2 somewhere. We have a clip out of it on our YouTube channel. I love this movie so much. It is. I wish I could say it's my highest recommended the episode, but in the next yeah. segment, I had one of the most enjoyable times rewatching a movie I haven't seen in years. Mm-hmm. And we will get to that after we get the boring TV out of the way of 1988, June 6th through the 12th. Again, not a lot happening in 1987 TV. We have 3.5 channels. Cable can't really afford to do much other than showcase sports. But we have a delayed season finale. Hmm. And that would be a different world. Hmm. And the episode, Mod Dinner with Theo. Theo. <laughs> Mal, I can't not say Theo like that anyway. And this is a Cosby joint. <laughs> okay, that's uh, fine. Theo guest stars <laughs> on a different world for the first of two times. But it's also to visit his sister, Lisa Bonet, mm-hmm. who is, this is her last episode as the star of A Different World. She has wow. taken off of A Different World after the first season, but a yeah, bunch of other... last that long. I thought it was way longer than one season. No, it's it's one season, and I don't, there is that rumor that Cosby wasn't happy with uh, her portrayal, I think, in Angel Heart, an R-rated movie where she bangs Robert right. De Niro. Um, full nude scene. Was it because she was fully conscious when she was doing it? <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, I don't Look, like that. We can do a lot of things on the show. We can't sing Cosby. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, yeah, the only thing I remember hating about Bill Cosby before all this, these allegations came out, like, you are a fucking curmudgeon, a yeah. mean old man who hates everything new. Of course. He keeps telling people to pull their pants up. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and uh, it's Lisa Bonet's last episode, as well as a couple of other cast members, but like a bunch of stuff you remember about uh, Different World, Dwayne Wayne still there, Whitley still there, but they bring in Sinbad full-time. Nice. And they bring in uh, my favorite character on the show, Cree Summer, because she went on to be oh, yeah. a fantastic voice actor and mm. a bunch of cartoons that I like. Myra, Tiny Toons, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is a, this is basically the last the last episode of the Lisa Bonet series before the show's essentially retooled. I wish I knew more why, but I'm not going to rewatch this episode with this many cool movies this week. And that is essentially it for noteworthy television this year, yeah. this this week. And they're not uh, there's not a lot of game stuff either. Um, I wanted to ask you, ladies, because um, you weren't playing games as much as I was in 1988. Nope. Does the name Bally mean anything to you? Oh, yeah. Speaking um, of no. pinball. Bally. But does it have any other meaning to you? Uh, I think uh, it's a bra manufacturer. Well, I had the Bally Total <laughs> Fitness. Oh, also that? That's now out of business, and I just assumed they were unrelated. Yeah. Bally was this juggernaut of an American company that had, I think, short for Ballyhoo. Gotcha. Who were who making things since World War II, but eventually focused on like slot machines and pinball, and were riding so high in the '80s, they ended up purchasing all the Midway is another. It's now a dead company, but they made mm-hmm. plenty of video games you've heard of. Uh, they bought them, they bought casinos, they bought Bally's Total Fitness, which ended up outliving wow. the Bally company that acquired it. It held the name much longer than the Bally company. Uh, did uh, actually, but Bally Manufacturing agrees to, uh, in principle, to sell its coin-operated amusement games to Williams for a measly eight million dollars. And Damn. these, this, oh jeez, and this encompasses so much of 1980s gamedom. Um, and, and now in like, because it's Bally Midway at this point. So Bally Midway and Williams, it's pretty much the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey of 1980s coin ops. It's now one big company as of July 11th. Consolidation. Yeah, it was happening Sucks. before it was born. Yeah. It's capitalism, baby. There can only be $8 one. Million dollars. And $8 million. And that's for, I mean, is that for the manufacturing side or is yeah, that for? The technology and manufacturing side. Um, and eventually, that sounds like selling it for parts. It's like what yeah. the factory probably costs. Yeah, well, they thought they could focus on, they renamed like the MGM Grand to like the Bally's A-List Casino oh, yeah, and right. for a little while. And they were trying to make those 
bigger, more legitimate business mm-hmm. prosper, and they did not. And all anything with Bally's name on it is gone. I think even Bally's Total Fitness ended two years ago. Wow. Uh, but this, but to me and most people listening, I imagine they associate Bally Midway with pinball. Um, yeah, interesting. I love that. That's what I do. Yeah, but that is it for game news of 1988, June 6th to the 12th. But thank God we got the music. Uh, new releases. We have a singles compilation, Substance by Joy Division, uh, UB40 self-titled eighth album, uh, Wild Wild West by Escape Club, uh, which will be number one in the fall, and Wings of Heaven by Magnum and Brian Wilson's self-titled solo debut in 1988. Oh, huh. Wow, what you waiting for, Brian? Mental health. <laughs> uh, but we will close out with a flame by Cheap Trick, baby, because it's number one this week. Stay tuned because we're going to talk about a really fun movie in 1998. Stop me if you've heard this tale before. I am doing the best to take care of my teeth even though I don't have dental insurance. What I do is I pay for one cleaning every year and a while back I asked the dental hygienist what's something I can do to ensure I don't need dentures by the time I'm 40. Outside of the obvious like flossing every day and sugar is bad, 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 she told me to seriously get an electric toothbrush. But those things can get crazy expensive to say nothing of the replacement brush heads. However, Quip electric toothbrushes they start at just $25 and 302010 listeners can get a free refill pack just by going to getquip.com slash t3 i went electric two years ago and i will never look back every time i brush my teeth it's like i just got a cleaning right now run your tongue across the back of your teeth do you feel the gaps between your teeth or do you feel a singular smooth surface without getting gross if you said the latter you need to consider a quip brush not only is their toothpaste delightful what i love about quip the most is their replacement brush head plans i used to be the kind of guy who used the same toothbrush until it literally fell apart or my mother got me one for christmas But Quip delivers new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. So why not try it? It's for your health, people. It's more convenient, and it won't cost you an arm and a leg. I like it, Oprah likes it, and Quip is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Get yourself a brush set right now with a sleek wall mount and hygienic travel cover by going to getquip.com slash T3. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash T3 right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash T3. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash T and the number three. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. So I, ca- I come from a coastal town, Pensacola. I grew up in Pensacola. and we- With Roman Reigns, let's just say. I went to elementary school with him. <laughs> You're not going to tell me what he, what, he, what he said to you? Well, he hurt my feelings when I was in fifth grade. He told me I had bad breath. Roman Reigns! <laughs> Roman Reigns said Sarah had bad breath. This is the son greatest. A, that's my wife you're talking about, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Still the greatest story of all time. And then, and then <laughs> we went to high school together, and I was the water girl. Uh, for the football team, which he was on, and he was really nice to me when I would give him water. What, <laughs> after you sprouted him. boobs? <laughs> Your husband <laughs> laughed. He, he did a fucking vape take like, right in the middle of that. <laughs>
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Listening to an episode of Baby Blues on a very early early season of Adult Swim. That's uh, Bare Naked Ladies. It's all been done. It's an actual song. Yeah. By B and L, baby. Before they were uh, scoring Big Bang Theory. Yeah, they're doing something like that. like that. I don't know. I love this song, and it's off of uh, Stunt, which is a pretty much all around great album. I mean, yeah. if you if you like Bare Naked Ladies, which they are a certain kind of taste. I had never heard of them, and they I think they have one of the oddest. American success stories in that a faster live version of a song that was very popular internationally, Brian Wilson, hello, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's a tie into the last ep- last segment. Uh, a live version of one of their old songs became famous here, and then they and then this album became famous. Oh, okay. And I remember, I remember it being in the car coming back from a movie, and we hear the song one week, and we're like, what the fuck is this weird shit? <laughs> yeah. And I said with a cigarette, cool as a cucumber, whatever it is. This is going to be the most popular song of the summer. I promise you. It's like, no. Like, yeah, I promise you it is. Let's hear the rest of it. Before I'd even finish hearing it. Uh, But that stunt, yeah, one week would be on the same album. We'll play that when it hits number one. I love Uh, it. And that is it for new releases. Yeah, that's it. The summer jams have dried up. Oh, man. Or it's just like The Boy Is Mine, which is still number one. Like, everyone just like, let's wait for this to die down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's wait yeah. for Brandy well, and Monica have, to get out of the way. Actually, there's, there's a whole bunch next week, including a big one. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So big, let's say it's intergalactic. What? <laughs> All right. Planetary, got... even? Oh, I understood that reference. Yeah, 1998. Oh, there's so many movies this week. I don't know what to talk about. Even though you you ladies were talking about this, I've never heard of Hands on a Hard Body. Really? No. Oh, man. Mm-mm. I think it was nominated for Best Documentary that year. Is that right, Diana? Maybe. I don't know. I think it was it was pretty popular. Yeah. For, I mean, because it's a documentary, but it's not like about a serious issue. It's just a, an interesting slice of life documentary. Yeah. What's it about? So basically, it's, there's... Yeah, there's um, certain businesses or like a radio show mm-hmm. will often do these contests called Hands on a Hard Body. Oh my God, I saw, I know this poster now. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's just like basically it's a contest where people, it's for a car usually or a vehicle, and people just keep their, they have to have their hand, one hand, I think, or yes, maybe two. Yes, one hand on a car. The last hand. person to remove their hand from the car wins the car. Exactly. There's and a, people uh, train for it. It's There's huge. a Mad About You episode where... At the time, husband of Helen Hunt, Hank Azaria, yes. is one of the guys trying to win the car. Oh, okay. Sorry, I remembered that. That's, hmm. that, that is the extent of our Mad About You discussion in 302010. <laughs> um, no, I've never seen this. I uh, looked really hard to try to find it so I can um, so I could revisit it before we watch it again. It's really hard to find. Like, I could only find it 
where you can like rent it or buy it directly from the Hands on a Hard Body website. Are you kidding? Yeah. They have a I, website? I, yeah. <laughs> I like I couldn't it's not on YouTube or I couldn't find or it. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's got some legs as being one of the few documentaries that's been adapted into a musical. Really? Yeah. Which and apparently it's pretty good. Like um, that and Little Shop of Horrors. Sorry, it's I just not wish. A I just wish it was a documentary. Grey Gardens <laughs> is a documentary. Come yes. on, there, there's one. Okay. Yeah. okay, but yeah, just because it's like it takes these people very seriously because they're taking this stupid contest so seriously, wow. and you just get this slice of life of these like honestly pretty poor people. They really care about this. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just a lark. They. They're serious. Like this is going to make their lives better. They're like they're like training in the backyard, like people do for American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Does the trailer basically? Does the trailer give away any of this? I want to hear it. Yeah, the trailer I think explains it pretty well. Coming up Tuesday morning at seven a.m., they'll gather around a brand new, good-looking Nissan hard-body truck, and they'll stand there as long as they can. And the last one remaining wins that beautiful truck. You got to be a nut to do it. Russell's out here in boots. Makes her five minutes every hour. What? And 15 minutes every six hours. My husband and I have been praying for a truck, and I believe that this is what God wants us to do. And she started laughing, and I said, oh, praise the Lord, that's so neat, because I was praying for her right during that time, and I know there were other people I'm not taking the credit for. I'm going <laughs> to win the truck. Praise the Lord. This is when the big dog, huh? I cannot stop watching this. Yeah. I need to see this movie. Yeah. I really, when you guys were talking about this, I was typing something. I assumed you were talking about some fucking ungodly erotic thriller that I would never <laughs> be interested in. And I, It's titled that way on purpose. Yeah, of course. And, <laughs> but hands on a hard body, people. That's yeah. the title yeah. of the film. And a mini spoiler, 77 hours. Oh, it goes God. I can't even believe they brought that much film. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I feel bad for the camera guys after a while. It's just like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Man, and this is... Oh, man, they're still going. This is such a notable week for movies. God damn, the summer of 1998. Um, also, one of my favorite childhood books adapted into a movie I didn't right. care for very much because it's way too late for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there was a cool... There was already a cool animated series, but if you told me now Francis McDormand was going to star in the Madeline movie, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I'll be there day one. But I wasn't. Uh, maybe you were. Here's a clip from the trailer. Madeline! This summer. <laughs> when it comes to mysterious adventure. We're dead meat, but we're vegetarians. Sudden surprises. <laughs> What's going on here? And total thrills. The pizza! Hey, you want a drive or what? One name says it all. Madeline! Let's have fun! Madeline, sweet, well-behaved child. Please. <laughs> uh, just, I hope in the third act she gets her appendix taken out because that's the most important Madeline story. Exactly. Sing about that scar, baby. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw this because um, I was in '98. I was in eighth grade, so definitely not in the mm-hmm. age range for this. But I have a sister who's pretty young, uh, several years younger than me. So I'm pretty sure I saw this through her watching it. And yeah, it's it's fine. It's not charming it's, about Madeline. Yeah, I mean it's totally serviceable. I like you. I'm more familiar with the books and the, the cartoon. cartoon, which I and I just love the style of the cartoon oh, and the the illustrations and everything. So I'm partial to that. It but actually yeah, is, is, is pretty jarring sweet. looking at the live action version of those outfits and those yeah. weird hats. But yeah, Madeline, you're familiar with Madeline, right? Darling? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much the books. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this. I mean, this is I'm way too old for this at this point. But <laughs> yeah, it looks charming. 
Yeah, it's very yeah. sweet. Well, I said that too, and then the Paddington movie came out, and that movie's amazing. This is what I'm, I keep hearing, and I'm dying to see it. It's amazing, and the sequel is apparently even better. Like yeah. one of one of like a handful of movies to get a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this is not about the Paddington movie. How about um? Oh my God, I'm forgetting this director's name already. Aronofsky. Yes, Darren Aronofsky's debut film, mm-hmm. uh, Pie, is also out this week. Kind Holy of the opposite shit. of Madeline, I feel like. <laughs> yes. It's your, it's your chaser for Madeline. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Please don't watch these together. Yeah. Uh, but I have not seen Pi in fucking years. 1245. Restate my assumptions. One. Mathematics is the language of nature. Two. Everything around us can be represented and understood through numbers. Three. If you graph the numbers of any system, patterns emerge. Therefore, there are patterns everywhere in nature. This is pretty surreal going back to because it, it's got that uh, you know that that clerk story, mm-hmm. this original filmmaking vision that had to be done independently with a black and white low low res camera. The only recognizable actor in it, and I only knew it because I was watching Oz, is an actor's name I can't remember, but he he's the bell ringer on Breaking Bad, and he's currently on Mark Better Magolis. Calls. Mark Magolis, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. He rings the bell. He, he, uh, he, I don't want to, I still don't want to spoil Breaking Bad. The show's that good. So I'm not even going to say okay. what happens to him. But, um, but yeah, Pi, like uh, everybody was talking about it and it made a name overnight out of Aronofsky. Yeah. His next movie was Requiem for a Dream and then boom, stardom. Like, he, so yeah, I mean, I still haven't seen this one just because it's a tough watch. Yeah. And I, you know, I always feel like I need to be in the right place for any Aronofsky, to be honest. Oh, like, I haven't finished so, Black Swan. I have not oh, watched Noah. Black Swan's my favorite, <laughs> for sure. Noah's one of the weirdest blockbusters I've ever seen. Wait, which one? Black Swan? Noah. No, Noah. Oh, Noah. Mm-hmm. No, Black Swan I love, but oh my yeah. God, Noah is like, I, I see the trailer and I'm like, yeah, 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 biblical epic, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watch it and I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what? What the hell is that animal? Why are there like rock demons? Was it? Huh? And it wasn't he saying that was like it wasn't it didn't it may have offended little old Americans and their affinity did. for Christ but internationally like people embrace Noah yeah. uh from what I hear. But but Pi was a, one of those slow burns mm-hmm. in a time before like in time before the ubiquity of DVD, like you would just read about this movie, hope it comes to your town. Maybe your video store will have one copy and it'll constantly be out. And I remember we finally landed a copy on the fledgling medium of DVD. Uh, but pie, ladies and gentlemen, drill a hole in your head. Why don't you? Um. Yeah, the rest of the trailer really builds it up as being a thriller, like really exciting. And it's like, uh, no. Yeah. No, it, yeah. I call was... it exciting. But I, I love not my understanding. I love that. I hope there's still. Something like this, where a visionary young filmmaker can can use lo-fi equipment and still have a shit scene, and then people will still understand, like, oh, this guy's got something. Mm -hmm. Because you can't see that from this movie, even though it's, like, real lo-fi and black and white and slow and weird and avant-garde, like, avant-garde even for Aronofsky. Yeah. Even for the guy who made The Fountain. But, Jesus Christ, changing gears yet again for a movie I definitely did see in the theater. (laughs) Because who's not going to line up for, like, a Spinal Tap reunion? Uh, Small Soldiers. (laughs) Gregory Smith, Kirsten Dunst, Frangela Langella, Tommy Lee Jones as a voice, right? Yeah. I believe we also have David Cross and Jay Moore in here somewhere for this weirdo Joe Dante CG Gremlins movie starring toys. Small sold. I'm talking about toys that are so smart, when kids play with them, they play back. Chip Hazard reporting for duty. You put munitions, chips, and toys? (laughs) Big action. 
Oh my god, I'm having an aneurysm. Big trouble. Last chance, scum. Oh yeah? Uh, uh, Medic! Big movie. They might be... Defective. What are you packing, Tiny? Packing you. Soldiers. Yeah, Dennis Leary and Phil Hartman. That's wow. I remember being a little comedy dork, like, I'm definitely gonna see this movie. I'm like, oh, this is not for me. Yeah. A, mm. An adult comedy fan. But I have seen younger kids like fucking swear by this movie. Love this movie. This this reached its audience. Really? Yeah. This yeah. is kind of a Jumanji of this year. I don't know if it was incredibly successful. But I do find it fascinating I that it was not. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting. So as I'm going to get clips, um, my husband Michael is standing right next to me as I'm pulling stuff up, and he has not seen this movie, and he knows nothing about the movie. And as I'm watching the trailer, he's like, "Oh, it's like Gremlins meets Toy Story," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Wow, that's perfect. yes." And also, same director as Gremlins. Right. Yes, you freaking nailed it. It's yeah. right there on the screen. Right. Yeah, and there's a bunch of scenes that are like wonderfully reminiscent of Gremlins, like using kitchen objects to kill the. And it's a pretty great concept that it's like if GI Joe dolls came to life. That you would hate them and they would be your enemy. <laughs> and and the, the villains of the toy line end up being the heroes and the heroes of the toy line end up being the villains. Um, but I remember reading about or, or hearing Joe Dante mention like it was he was hired on the basis of his success in Gremlins. And it was supposed to be a new Gremlins. And they kind of had to bail on the practical effects they were going for. And the CG to me, I, it was a little... <laughs> CG on toys holds up, I guess, a little better than it would on humans from 1998, but it's still, to me, a little rough. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Tons of fun in this movie. And one of Phil Hartman's last roles. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Went and saw every single last Phil Hartman movie. And there was like there was like three at the time. And we're not even talking about the biggest movie, I think, of the year. And and I'm saying this is like not a fan of the series. Yeah. Uh, this next movie is, I mean, it's number one at the box office. It is one of the highest, 10 highest grossing movies of the year. I don't know how I feel about it. Really? I, 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 Sarah and I were talking last night. Let's get this clip out of the way. This July, this is one of the most painful experiences in my life. They're promoting you. Captain Riggs. Captain Murtaugh. <laughs> Better reload. Then you can stay off the streets and out of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And take aim. Because your number is up. What happened? That's a bad Chinese. We never talk about marriage. You want to get married? You got the right to remain silent. You got the right to get an attorney. If you get Johnny Cochran, I'll kill you. That, that's one of the things I love about this movie. I had a great time rewatching this. Me Chris too. Rock is in it. And every time the movie approaches something problematic, Chris Rock tackles a dude at yeah. random, like, I'll arrest you, <laughs> motherfucker. And he, this is a hard R, too. And it's really funny. And he's like, get Downey Cochran, I'll kill you. And then it's revealed, like, dude, I'm a waiter. I wasn't the guy you wanted to catch. And he's like, oh, shit, my yeah. bad. My bad. Dog. Yeah, and I'm going to get Johnny Cochran. And, like, it seems to redeem even its problematic elements within seconds. Yeah. They All right, so fun- this is Lethal Weapon 4. Lethal Weapon 4. I love the Lethal Weapon movies. I, I feel like each one is a little bit weaker than the last. Mm-hmm. This has some problematic stuff with Chinese people. They mm-hmm. actually make a flood lice joke. Oh, Which he throws right back in his face. But then it does get fucked with. Uh, this is Jet Li's introduction to America. Mm-hmm. And isn't that fucking nuts? That's crazy. Get to, he, but he doesn't get to talk. And he's he outmatches them so fucking bad. I think this is my problem. Is Jet Li is so obviously going to decimate yes. everybody 
And you see what I'm talking about with pro- the problematic elements. Like, oh, we're going to have a final fight. Uh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover versus Jet Li. It's like, that's going to take two seconds and your, your spine's going to And the Why big, are you even doing this? The biggest problematic element in Lethal Weapon 4 is the existence of Mel Gibson. But if you wait around to watch him get his ass beat mercilessly by Jet Li, <laughs> it's awesome. He doesn't, he, can't, he doesn't stand a fucking chance. And yeah. he just gets the shit kicked out of him comedically and it rules. I don't know. Like I'm not a huge fan of the Lethal Weapon movies. I've seen them all. They're but, okay. Like, this is the most fun one to me. And one for of the, sure. the goofiest. I mean, I feel like it's bigger, it's goofier, and it it feels like they're they're finishing up the series. For right. You. There's a lot of just sort of hanging out character moments. That's like you. Yeah, you just want to spend a little time with like Rene Russo being sassy or something. Who okay. kicks the shit out of somebody while pregnant? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, the opening scene mm-hmm. with the the guy in the that was with the, the flamethrower that was the initial trailer like just that sequence i mean That's i the loved it of the trailer, yeah. yeah i was immediately like oh damn this was a really fun movie i totally forgot a gigantic explosion to but, start the movie and, and here's what i really think is great about it one it's like it, it knows it's saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. It, it knows it's not it's not the expendables. It's not trying to rebuild a franchise if it's successful. It clearly is closing the door on the Lethal Weapon universe. Uh, it is also, I think, what, 11 years after the first one? Yeah. But a, yeah. But yeah, a sizable so. gap between like a five yeah. year gap in between three and four. The movie is in tonally. Uh, it's a it's Richard Donner's, I think, like third to last film, but mm. basically his last big film. Um, the guy who brought us like you know fucking Omen and Goonies and Superman, some of the best movies of the eighties. It is an eighties movie master directing an eighties movie in nineteen ninety eight. So the film stock is better, the pacing is better, but it, at its core, this movie is eighties as shit. It's the kind of thing you'd have to wait <laughs> thirty years for Quentin Tarantino to celebrate. But instead, you get it in 10 years, and it's gorgeous. That's so true. That must be the key. I think that's a big part of it it's, for me. Because it is just also fun in a way that a lot of 90s movies weren't right. at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, the you know, we're in the late 90s, and there's a love, a thin film of irony on everything that we have to see, or, or, I think, or, at or that phony point. Ser- the phony seriousness of Armageddon just one yeah, week earlier. Exactly. This is This is a light beer compared to that. Yeah. It's, it, a, it's refreshing. It, it's, and, and the patter, and the patter isn't like this in all the other films, but it's like it's like an old screwball comedy. A lot of overtalk. It feels oh, like a yeah. fucking Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, we talked about last week how much I love like portrayals of friendship yeah. where people actually like each other and aren't trying oh, yeah. to like dunk on each other all the time. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, Riggs and Murtaugh, man. I have not Best enjoyed. Friends. A thirty twenty ten viewing experience this much, mostly because I didn't think I was going to. Yeah, I thought. And let's also say again, Armageddon. Don't mean to pick on Armageddon, but <laughs> no, it's a pick on it. It's, it's a very CG heavy movie. This movie, I don't. I think there's like one car CG car, but the rest of it is like no. That car is actually driving through a building. That boat's on fire and sinking. It looks really fucking cool the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, these movies are all known for like, oh, it turns out they're demolishing a building downtown yeah. LA. All right, well, let's build a scene around it. Yes, Sam had mentioned that because they, I mean, that was part of the Lethal Weapon 3's marketing campaign because they blew up an entire building oh, wow. that yeah. was scheduled for demolition, but they just, the Dark Knight did the same thing eventually, but this is like 10 years earlier. Well, Jesus, no, we're coming up on the Dark Knight, yeah. aren't we? Uh-huh. Ten yeah. years, almost exactly. Oh my God! Uh, next week, the and- summer of George. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think in this movie they blew up a derelict gas station. You can yep. see it right in the opening. That is definitely an obliterated building in an amazing shot. Yeah, 
It's fun. And I mean, every scene that Chris Rock is in, he mm-hmm. is so fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think now I've kind of, he's kind of, he's an elder statesman of comedy and he's mm-hmm. a lot more serious <laughs> now, you know, these days when you see him, even his stand-up, I think is more serious and mm-hmm. messagey. You like tambourine? It was, <laughs> this was fun to like go back and be like, oh yeah, Chris Rock when he was just like young and cutting up yeah, and just like everything's a, ju- I don't know. No, I, I, wish, I wish you were here to he was in. chronicle the comedy albums because we probably missed. Yeah. Uh, bring the pain or at the at least bigger and blacker yeah those were huge for him and he was this this shooting star and he's on his ascent mm-hmm. and it was this huge joe pesci's really annoying in the film i don't know two and three that much to appreciate his performance here okay 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 he's whatever always, whatever yeah, that's, that, that's his thing is yeah. he's super super annoying yeah but yeah just it, and they keep coming up with dumb new gags wait is this lethal weapon four is this where he's is he trying to sell murtaugh's house no, he's no. a PI. Oh, that's yeah, in three. A, okay, yeah. that's in three. I, I, that bit cracks me up because the <laughs> idea of like, oh yeah, no, well we patched up all the gun holes and there was a cop car with a dead body in it that drove through this window, but that's all been repaired. And there's the bomb damage in the bathroom. That's all fine now, though. Oh, see, so yes, like, like this. Thank this, you for referencing this. The craziness of your movies. Here's a scene with him and Chris Rock that I like. Chris Rock is riding the back of Riggs and Murtaugh's car. And he mistakes him uh, for a criminal. You know, I've been perfecting my tailing technique now that I'm a P.I. and all. Oh, he's a private eyesore. Nice and conspicuous vehicle. I like it. Hey, uh, hey, Riggs, who's the uh, perp? What'd you bust him for? Oh, I'm a perp? Oh, you see a young brother in the back of a police car automatically? I'm a perp? Look at my suit. Look at my tie. What do I look like, the fucking Crips accountant? (laughs) Look at this bag, bitch. Check out the gun. Okay. Urine sample. Hey, I got a bitch too, okay? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> fun. So fun. Yeah, like there, yeah. there's so much of this movie that is just a screwball comedy. Yes, I love it. Uh, I really, really liked it. Like it just feels like an Abbott and Costello movie at some points. Yeah, I just, I really miss funny action movies. They I just, miss liking yeah, Mel Gibson. That is also true. that. I miss liking Mel Gibson. He had, there's a behind the scenes feature. <laughs> I remember watching the behind the scenes thing on HBO and he just starts hacking and coughing. He's like, like, what is it? And it's like, oh, it's my hair from the first three lethals. Uh, (laughs) Because this is is the only lethal weapon where he doesn't have a rocket mullet. (laughs) And he's, and I, I, it's still hard to look at him as like a heartthrob because he is like a total dad hair and bod mode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But this movie, I cannot recommend it enough. It was so, it, it charmed the pants off of me in 2018. Yeah. All right. Sounds sounds good. Yeah, I had a fucking fantastic time with it. But fine, we'll move on to the television of 1998, May July 6th to the 12th. Um, Jesus, are we sure we're going to talk about sports here? Hell yeah! <laughs> Go for it, Doug. Allons-y, France. <laughs> Allez les bleus. <laughs> I bet you the World Cup last week when uh, England got knocked out, and it was kind of awesome. Um, I hope they're doing better this time. Except they never do. Anyway, uh, yeah, July 12th uh, was the World Cup final. The World Cup had been all over France. France fucking wins. So like I said, home field advantage. Beats Brazil 3-0. Poor Ronaldo uh, looked like he was dying on the field. Like he was not well. And they put him in anyway. Uh, the rumor was because like of his Nike contract, even though like he's not playing well. But mm. yay, France wins the World Cup and they all go crazy. Yay. Yay. I think. Yay. Well, by the Yay. time this airs, will people know who's won the latest World Cup? Uh, no. No, it's got another week. Oh my so. god! No, we'll be, we'll be coming up on it. We'll, we'll be narrowed down to uh, at least the top four. Yeah, it pans wow. out. Don't care anymore. 
I know. It's like if it's just going to be Europe and a couple Latin American countries, it's like a little <laughs> less fun. But I just find whoever has like the lowest GDP or the smallest population <laughs> and I root for them. So I think in Uruguay, Uruguay might be my guys this time. Yeah, that's kind of that's my uh, Olympic strategy. All right. Usually. Yeah. 30, 2010. Hold them up the flag for you are gay. Um, Simpsons joke for your Sarah's Katie, shaking her head Katie at me. Katie Perry from last week? Good God. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, see, the TV, other than that, is not very interesting. In fact, I think it's a bunch of stuff most of you want me to stop talking about. But if Asian America concludes the WB, I think Steven Spielberg produced animated miniseries, an adult oh, primetime animated right. miniseries. Uh, it finally concludes. Again, that is all on YouTube. I encourage people to check that out because I think there should be more primetime animated series, period. And there should be more primetime animated things aimed at adults. Mm-hmm. That shit's rad. Put a budget behind something. Kill some people. Do something you can't revisit. Animation deserves its band of brothers. <laughs> and, and on July July 10th, I'm sparing you this week because I'm not watching this fucking episode, not in the week where Lethal Weapon 4 and Short Circuit 2 comes out. <laughs> uh, so it ends. Family Matters, Lost in Space, Part 1. Uh, <laughs> they never are found. <laughs> No, not quite, but this does end with a cliffhanger because Steve Urkel sells uh, some device to NASA and ends up going into space. And yes, I'll let you figure out the rest, judging by the title, Mm. Lost in Space. Will we Mm -hmm. ever see Steve Urkel again? The answer is kind (laughs) of. For about 20 more minutes next week. Uh, But Family Matters is coming to an end. And that's all all the notable TV for uh, 1998. Not a lot of video game news during July. I don't know what the fuck that's about, but like... A lot of, other than movies, a lot of media tends to back off the weeks before and after July 4th, mm-hmm. assuming people won't yeah. be home. So, I, Did I talk about Game Boy Camera a month ago? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. good. Because the Game Boy Camera came out a month ago and I missed it. And the Game Boy Camera is hilarious in, just, uh, in this world where we all have smartphones, yet Nintendo had the most, let's call it the most popular portable mm-hmm. machine mm-hmm. Uh, at around, around this time. And they finally... They, they tried in a couple areas, like people did release like word processors and like weird doohickeys that you would think is just an app now would be a Game Boy pack cartridge. So Nintendo first party had the Game Boy camera, a camera lens that you stuck inside your black and white Game Boy and actually took pictures. What do you do with said yeah, pictures? Where do you the ask? pictures go? Well, I'm glad you asked Sarah. The commercial will explain. You can turn photography into photography. So I didn't explain it that well, but you could buy a separate Game Boy printer. It's like a little receipt printer. It is, and you could print out your pictures as stickers. Like there wasn't any other technology doing this, and I don't think this was hugely successful. But I thought it was super innovative and looked really neat. I, I wanted one. I want it now. Yeah, to I, be honest. And I'm saying that because I just unpacked my Game Boy camera. Nice. I still have one that I definitely, my parents definitely didn't buy me, and I didn't buy in 1998. I picked it up elsewhere. Uh, if you, there was someone in the news, I think, who like hooked up the Game Boy camera to like a $9,000 camera lens. Yes, and I just saw that. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was recently. You can still fuck around with it, but it, I love that it, it expresses the need for that kind of technology before we knew we really wanted to have a mm-hmm. camera that we held that was contained within its other devices. Nintendo was there first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For, it was hyper rudimentary. It was black and white, but it was fun. And it does a bunch of shit apps do now, like port pictures into animated sequences, put your dad on top of a scarecrow, like that kind of sure. stuff. 
Uh, but Game Boy Camera, yeah, it's, it came out. It came it, out this summer. Did it print out on like that thermal receipt paper? That's kind of what no, it looked like. No, it, and that was I think I think it's just very typical Nintendo. Obviously, that paper is proprietary. Uh, so I think mm. if I was a parent, that would scare me off. It was uh, I think you could buy different kinds of paper, but mostly it was to have stickers. Gotcha. You could stick them on. I stuff. love that. I want that now. You there, even at the time, like I think there was one kind of Polaroid film that you could use as a mm-hmm. sticker. But like shit, here's I Nintendo had that. developing it. Yeah. Uh, but that is it for video games of 1998, July 6th to the 12th. We will take you out with, Jesus, La Copa de la Vida by Ricky Martin. Why is that, Don? That's, that's the official World Cup 98 song. No. Ricky cool. Martin doing yeah. it? Awesome. Hell yeah. And it's actually, I mean, come on. It's just like peak Ricky Martin, so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> what a get. Uh, but we will see you folks once again in 2008. Stay right there. at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of july 6th through 12th man i mean we get so many movies that have been in the show already and we've got a couple to talk about still and then next week it's just all over the place so i I got a couple recommends to try to cover our bases uh number one i gotta recommend 1981's arthur the original because we talked about arthur 2 on the rocks the first Arthur is very light and fluffy and fun and cute and, like I said, had really good dialogue. For a movie coming up in a couple weeks, I feel like I should prep you for it to compare it to other movies um, because we're going to be talking about a movie that most people have seen coming up about a private and saving him. So I want to recommend Bridge on the River Kwai from 1957. I don't know why, it's just on my mind lately. Um, and I don't think I mentioned it when we were in the uh, 07, 17s, but Bridge on the River Kwai is an absolute masterpiece with Alec Guinness and William Holden, and it's another, it's a World War II team movie, but also a prison drama, but also a lot of other stuff. And uh, just as another throwout movie we're going to get to, but I'm going to bring it up now, and then we'll talk about it in the next segment, 2006's Pan Labyrinth. Oh my god. I love Pan's Labyrinth so much. It is a modern classic. This is going to be the most recent movie I think I'll ever recommend in Classic Corner. But I can't see Pan's Labyrinth falling apart and not standing the test of time. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to recommend that this week. And that's it. Stay classic. Tongues, always pressed to your cheeks. While my tongue is on the inside of some other girl's teeth. You tell your boyfriend, if he says he's got beef. That I'm a vegetarian and I ain't fucking scared of him. She wants to touch me, woo. She wants to love me, woo. She'll never leave me, woo. Woo, woo, woo. Don't trust her, never trust her. Bring in a 2008 with Don't Trust Me off of Want by, don't make me pronounce this, three, oh, three. We pronounce our exclamation points. I kind of love that song. 
I've never heard this before. I still work out to it, actually. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The whole uh, album is like a good, like, shitty workout music I album. feel old by music released 10 years ago, but here we are. I thought this craze was over, but we also have other new releases of 2008, July 6th through the 12th. Modern Guilt by Beck, a Skip School, Start Fights by Hit the Lights, I Pledge Allegiance to the Grind 2 by Killer Mike, Nude with Boots by the Melvins, Two Men with uh, the Blues by Willie Nelson and uh, Wynton Marsalis. Oh, God, here we go. Come sede reineta. Is that French? That's really well, close. That is <laughs> what you just said was not French. Did I, did I get a gold? Did I get a silver star for that one? Oh boy. Uh, my uh, Monsieur Martin would have uh, yelled at me if I said that, but good enough. Yeah. And does that trans- French is hard. Does that translate to as if nothing happened? Right. Okay. By French first lady Carla Bruni and. And there's also Melody by the Vines. Uh, there's a song on the a new release by the French First Lady. Yeah, yeah. She, she's the singer. I think that needs some explanation. Which was she a first lady while this was released? Yeah, yeah. You can do that. It's France. I mean, it's like talk about like how can you not? Per- she was married to Sarkozy. No, they don't, they don't have like emoluments yeah. clauses yeah. where you can can't profit while you're in the White House. Well, we basically don't. I cut a spoken word <laughs> album. <laughs> Releasing it exclusively on <laughs> iTunes. That's a good question. I never thought about like, yeah, can the president just profit from being president? But not like for their other businesses. But yeah, like if Melania released an album, yeah, why not? Yeah, or a fucking cookbook. I swear we're we're close. It'll happen. I have a feeling we'll find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I kissed a girl by Katy Perry is number one this week in two thousand eight. Uh, also, to bring you into the wonderful world that is 2008, July 6th to the 12th, I love it we can, uh, when we can catch up with memes. Memes as we know them now obviously didn't really exist in the other decades, so mm-hmm. it's nice to catch anniversaries here. And on July 10th, the first video of Maru the Cat is posted. Yay! Yay, Maru. It should be a national holiday. Agree. <laughs> the fat Japanese cat. And in 2017, Guinness Book of World Records certified Maru as the most watched cat on the internet. Take that, Garfield. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Maru is sassy and she likes to sit in a box. And if it fits, she, she sits. She boxes. She <laughs> loves them. She'll run across the room to get at them and then just slide on your big fat belly. She'll put her chubby paw in a matchbook. And I, <laughs> <laughs> to transition, uh, I would rather watch Maru than an overwhelming majority of the movies released this week in 2008. Uh, August, a movie with uh, Naomi Harris, Josh Hartnett, Rip Torn, and Adam Scott. Diana, do you have a little descriptor? Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched a trailer and I was sort of like creeped out. It was like, wait, was this looking into the future? Because mm-hmm. what well, I mean, it's actually looking into the past. It's supposed to be 2001 and Josh Hartnett runs some sort of web business. <laughs> and then, oh, no, something's good with venture capital question mark or the stock question mark. And they've got one month to save the company. And. Uh, they're like, oh no, everything, the value is gone. We need a, we might need a bailout, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, give me, give me five months. <laughs> Rip Torn's uh... like, we've got to start a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Patreon. Also, David Bowie pops up in it. What? Like, wait, what? That's significant. Jesus Christ. That's probably like, that makes it like one of the last things he did, I think. That, nah, that's 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. but he, he kind of disappeared for eight or nine years, I thought. He didn't release any music and he didn't make any public appearances. That's why his extras cameo was like so special because that's kind of the last thing he did. Hmm. I thought I could be wrong. Uh, that's I not. I think you're wrong. We got we got nine more years to get sat nine 
eight, nine more years before we have to get sad over David Bowie dying again. I'm going to skip Brick Lane because behind the scenes, we're recording this again because the power went out and we lost our whole file. Uh, so let's let's <laughs> let's plaster on phony enthusiasm to talk about Harold again. The Spencer. I thought Sarah Bro- liked. I thought Sarah I liked, liked Brick Lane. Lane. Oh my bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jerk. <laughs> Blame the power. Blame <laughs> uh Brick Lane. Harold the Balding Kid movie starring Sp- Spencer Breslin. I don't know who that is. Uh Spencer Breslin was a, a little child star around this time. He'd probably be more interesting to check up and see what drugs he's doing now. Abigail's brother? Uh right? Yeah. I believe. Also stars Cuba Gooding Jr. Ali Sheedy, but into the movies you most people have actually seen. Eddie Murphy. We exalted him last week for coming to America, mm-hmm. calling it his best movie. I'm not saying this is his worst movie, but it's up there or down there. We have Meet Dave. Meet Dave. If he acts like he's from out of this world, that's because he is. Hello, sir. Hi. Are you all right? Our first verbal encounter. Thank you for your concern. How hard did you hit this guy? Eddie Murphy. Oh, that's our cat. Cats. Here we go, sir. We're under attack. Mm-mm. Meet Dave. I don't like that. As a cat being kicked, and you can't really tell by the sound of that trailer. Uh, we interviewed Bill Corbett, the wonderful Bill Corbett, a great Twitter follow. He was Crow, an observer on Mystery Science Theater 3000. He's awesome on Riff Tracks. Uh, he wrote this movie hmm. under the title Starship Dave, which makes much more sense. If Way the better. If the Starship Enterprise uh, bridge was inside the head of a human-sized robot and were controlling him as it went to Earth and tried to integrate itself. I don't know anybody who likes this film. Uh, it sounded, when I interviewed Bill, that he wasn't very happy with how it came out. <laughs> he didn't say that. No. He didn't say that. I'm just, uh, but he didn't, yeah. A little squeamish about the whole thing. And Starship Dave is such a better title. Exactly. Way better. I would go see that right now. And it's way more sense. Uh, this movie's only lasting legacy is a picture I see pop up every once in a while. Uh, a picture to promote this film, they made a... I think an Eddie Murphy head in Times Square that a human could maybe crawl inside. But yeah, yeah it was giant. Huge. It was like on the flatbed truck. Yeah, it, it looks gigantic. like it looks like a rejected Mardi Gras float, but it, <laughs> it was a promotion for Meet Dave, and you can totally look that up. It's terrifying. Ooh, where is it now? Uh, ooh, God, I would be on at that. the bottom of an ocean. I hope being it's, like a artificial reef that would be awesome. It's one of those things I've always wanted to collect and put in my backyard next to the uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea Nautilus. Yeah, a, a double dare. Uh, <laughs> Physical challenge thing. Probably the gumball machine. I wanted and to, yes, Eddie Murphy's head. I wanted to be at the bottom of the ocean, and when the aliens come, <laughs> after we're all dead, think that he was our god. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> they scrape the core off. Who was this Eddie Murphy? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just thinking of the end of AI, but instead of the blue fairy, it's just a giant Eddie Murphy head. <laughs> uh, that Kevin Spacey gets cut out of that version, too. Um, and... I don't think any. I, I want to say no one saw this movie because I thought it was a pretty significant bomb, but it did earn a sequel without its star. Uh, 2008's Journey to the Center of the Earth. For centuries, there has been a legend of a land untouched by time. Explorers have vanished searching for it. And now one man will set out to discover the truth. A journey to the center of the earth. It wasn't just science fiction. It's now a 3D movie with Brendan Fraser and uh, what's his name from the Hunger Games? Josh Hutcherson? Mm-hmm. And uh, who else? Anita Bream. Uh, this is tragic. 
I'm a hey, bi- you says the title, you wins the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it, that's a weird meta way to mention a book that they didn't actually have to pay for because it's public domain. I've had yeah. a lot of trouble reading Jules Verne because like they're all. I didn't know they were all translated, and anybody can do it. So you can have two <laughs> books that are completely different when you try yeah. and reread them. Translation is important. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I'm a huge fan, you just heard me mention Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, I do like Jules Verne, but man, I was I had I was showing my friend's eleven year old Disney animation that was speculating in the nineteen fifties what life was like on Mars. Mars creatures might have tentacles, or who knows? <laughs> they could also eat light. And he's just cracking up. Those idiots thought that's what life was like on Mars, but Journey to the Center of the Earth posits that there's another civilization beneath the crust of Earth, which is which is an absurd scientific notion, especially in 2008. Oh, we all know the Earth is flat. Yes. Yeah. It's flat. There's nothing <laughs> underneath it. I mean, with movies like these, though, like it's it's summertime. Mm-hmm. The children are not in school. You got to do something and with them to I, get some peace for a couple hours. Take guess, them to this movie. I guess it's still a recognizable name as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and it, it's, it tells you the entire plot. Yep. <laughs> it's a movie that grandparents take their grandchildren to. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it says and it. nobody, and they all like it. They're all fine with it. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Nobody yeah, said any bad words. It was fine. Brendan Fraser's always, you know, charming enough. He's just sort of, he's fine. And we all know whatever. What, but it's bullshit because Brendan Fraser, above all, knows what is actually in the center of the Earth. Fucking what? the fucking Looney Tunes, Space oh. Jam. Hello? I was say, yeah. Other Encino man? Remember, <laughs> remember when Space Jam canonized that the Looney Tunes live within the Earth's mantle? God, yeah. I hate that fucking movie. I must Grow have up, Millennials. <laughs> okay. Wait, but they're in space. I know, I know. It's and the worst. And they're jamming. But remember, Michael Jordan know. gets sucked down a golf hall and into the underground world of the Looney Tunes. Holy shit. <laughs> There's a lot more to that movie than I remember. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, I'm oh, telling no. you. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. This is what happens in Space Jam. The beloved. So there's a, a wormhole, maybe, that shoots him to, like, Jupiter and beyond. Diana what? with a fucking Warner Brothers logo on it. There is a wormhole. Absolutely. I'm telling uh. you, this is this is the story of Space Jam. Even though Brendan Fraser wasn't in that, he was in the much better back in action. Yeah, I'll shout out yeah. back in action any chance I get. Um, anyway, the actual greatest movie of the week. Real, the unsung, like, I think one of the best superhero movies of the last 10 years. Yeah. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. This summer, if demons, trolls, and monsters were only imaginary, these guys we're moving up. would be out of a job. Now stay down! They're planning a war with the human world. Oh, my God. Your weapon of choice? Five-figured Mary. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Dude, how good is Hellboy 2, The Golden it's Army? It's so good. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Diana, you just went to bat in the in the um, classic corner for Pan's Labyrinth, and this is yep. Gilmore Del Toro's follow-up to Pan's Labyrinth, Seemingly with more faith in his visual and creative ability than the first movie, Dude, which they, is... Mm-hmm. they got the memo. Mm-hmm. All right, the studio got the memo, which is, oh, Pan's Labyrinth is full of, like, crazy creative things. You things know, where their eyes are in places like, their eyes aren't supposed to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's also, it's a grounded story, but it's magical realism, but there's so many, like, crazy magical things that are so creative and weird. And, well, it won an Oscar. People seem to like it, so... <laughs> 
let him go. Let Del Toro let be Del Toro. Yeah. And so this movie is just packed wall to wall with just crazy visuals. Oh, yeah. That are so, so magical and just, just ah, and, so and- so detailed and so they feel very real but they're also like so weird and you say the studio had faith it's interesting to note that it is a separate studio it's one of the few films uh, I guess the nature of its relative independence as a property that changed studios Columbia TriStar Mm. Sony wasn't interested in making a second one so it got brought over to Universal who eventually to tie this whole episode together uh, wasn't interested in making another one so Hellboy sort of dies here uh, which is really sad because I, I don't know why I didn't. I feel the exact way about Hellboy One as I do about the Rockets here. It has everything I want on paper, but bores the piss out of me. Mm. I ended up finding it really boring. Yeah, but I mean, it's I guess it's the benefit of a second movie, especially for superheroes. It's like origin is done. We're done. We're just in the world now. Let's go. You know, Superman Two, Spider Man Two, uh, was it the the second X Men movie? It's like, those are all the better movie. Yeah. 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 And another one that we're talking about next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And it, just, it lets it hit the ground running, and it, you just get to reacquaint yourself with all these great characters. Ron Perlman has the, just the greatest Hellboy performance, and Doug yeah. Jones being able Yay. to not only perform Abe Sapien uh, in, in, on screen, but also in voice. The mm-hmm. first movie opted to have David Hyde Pierce in there, and even he was like, Fuck that. Doug Jones is Abe Sapien. I'm not doing this again. Uh, yeah. And it's great. The, uh, Doug Jones, we get to hear him, which you don't get to... His other water character, you don't get to hear in Shape of Water. Yeah, well, hopefully the, that'll be the last time that he gets kind of dubbed out for someone else. Yeah. I think hopefully after the Shape of Water, he's got enough no- notoriety that people are on board for the whole package, basically. The whole fishy package. Yeah, and, and, and even yeah. Seth MacFarlane... He gets like a, a kind of a, a subplot too. He gets like a little character arc. Yeah. He's got stuff to do instead of just like, "Hi, I, I'm here too." I'm the brainy helper. It yeah. took me eight hours to get into this thing. <laughs> yeah, let me do something with it. <laughs> but just it's it's fucking gorgeous. I I don't know. It's got an awesome nifty little environmental message. I like the villain a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked him a lot. That he's what's his what's his attitude? Sort of like. Dude, fuck, fuck suppressing all this magic shit. Yeah. Like we're we're the new evolution. Uh, don't let them kill us. They're rejecting it, so yeah. sorry. Like we're gonna keep going. We're more powerful. We're more fun. Yeah. We're more magical. Yeah, it's it's just and it just leads to a bunch of great effects. They really get to open up the floodgates of the magical realism angle. And if you want to see Gilmer del Toro being a visionary genius, there's a special feature on the DVD of him just walking you around this world that's glimpsed for like a couple minutes. Yeah, but he's I mean, just like pointing at things like, oh, this is the fairies go to this jacuzzi and this is where they put their sandals when they're in the jacuzzi. And like, are you talking about the troll, troll out? Al- what is it yeah, called? Troll Alley? No idea. Like but that? it's like, yeah. it's, it's under the bridge. It's yeah, inconsequential. Like this magical market full of all kinds of things. It's and like it's a, like, it feels so real because it's so thought out. Yeah. It's a super dark Diagon Alley, mm-hmm. like with <laughs> way more creatures. I loved the, um, all the different like conversations with the different creatures, including the one that had the baby at the end. He's like, I'm not a baby, I'm a tumor. And then just like <laughs> nuzzles up to the host. So good, yeah. Which is, is weird because this is like my, I, lo- I did love Shape of Water, but this is my favorite kind of Del Toro movie. His mm. popcorn, when he gets to unleash his, his popcorn madness and he just doesn't, hasn't really done it since. It's, it's a bunch of like more somber pieces mm-hmm. or um, horror, actually. Because it feels so lived in mm-hmm. and just like 
you kind of forget. I, I, a, a, a good movie about transporting yourself to another world if there's a point where you kind of forget you're watching a movie. Yeah. And there was a point where I sort of snapped back and realized that I was looking at the greatest special effect of all time. <laughs> Ron yeah. Perlman? Hellboy in the shower. Yeah. Because <laughs> this makeup's not coming off. His makeup's not moving, and I'm guessing that it's hot or it's like fake and then they're doing fake steam or something. Uh, I don't know, but there's a point where it's like, this is amazing. This this is an incredible practical effect that I am looking at, and it's just giant monster in a shower. That is a, a huge step up from the first movie because if you remember this, they released some promotional images of Hellboy, where like you can visibly see Ron Perlman's thumb and fingers <laughs> sticking out from beneath the stone arm. <laughs> it didn't catch. And I can't even get my mascara to stay on in the pool. Am I right, ladies? Come on. <laughs> well, you got to move on from movies and into television of 2008, July 6th to the 12th. I got to give a shout out to Venture Brothers because, hey, you only get about eight episodes every two and a half years at this point, And they're coming back in August. Uh, but this episode, the episode Dr. Quim Medicine Woman aired, which lightly hinted at uh, the childhood crush of Dr. Venture possibly being the mother of at least Dean. But uh, to me, it'll be immortalized for this line as she is sed- re-seducing Dr. Venture. I think I just found my cure for impotence after all. Now if I could just find a way to bottle that ass, I'd be able <laughs> <laughs> uh, feel free to use that at, at, at any bar this weekend. I wish someone did to me. Uh, yeah. Also, she is Lara Croft. <laughs> yes, and and Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, and like Jane Goodall. There's so many parodies going on in this episode. It's, I love Venture Brothers so much. If you enjoy pop culture, you'll love Venture Brothers. Uh, and speaking of Adult Swim and ass, we also <laughs> said goodbye to. I think this Andy Kaufman esque joke that was greenlit only so someone could brag about it ten years later. So let's acknowledge Assy McGee, a <laughs> short-lived Adult no. Swim show. Do we have to? A short-lived Adult Why? Swim show. Oh, cruel fate. <laughs> featuring a sentient ass. Why did you take the talking <laughs> ass show from us? I believe voiced by John Benjamin. And you can hear him in a clip here as he's uh, he's using his crack detective skills to... Crack. Yeah, you heard what I said. <laughs> to, to try and find the killer of a prostitute. Well, we got to narrow it down, Sanchez. <laughs> How about this one? Hello? Is John Adams there? Yeah, speaking. How does it feel to kill a hooker, John? What? I said, how does it feel to kill a hooker? It's four in the morning. Who is this? Did you kill a hooker? No. Oh. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, man, like, exhaustively dumb. And I, I don't know how many seasons this could have yielded. And I, I am semi-proud to say I bought a blind box Adult Swim toy box that had... I wanted Toki from Death Clock or sure. Master Shake. And I got Assy McGee, so I might have the world's only physical Assy McGee <laughs> merchandise to this day. Um, on July 8th... But, it, but it was more than one episode. Oh, no, no, no. It was one season. Sorry. One season. I know. Hmm. Uh, so I'm just amazed. It's it's such a dumb joke that he's he's a sentient ass. It's just the <laughs> lower half of a person's body. Yep. And his feet and are backwards. And he pulls guns. And smokes. And he smokes. <laughs> uh, and on July 8th, I thought you might like this. There's an episode of Celebrity Family Feud uh, hosted by Al Roker at this point. Pre-surgery, right? I don't, I don't know, because he seems to go back and forth. Okay. His weight seems rubber band. Uh, but it's an interesting matchup I knew Sarah and I would like. It's Celebrity Family Feud with the star of our show, Al Roker. All right, 
tonight, four big-time celebrity families will feud it out for a chance to take home $50,000 for their favorite charity. So, you ready to meet our first two families? All right, our first throwdown pits your favorite paper pushers against some very strong competition. It's the cast of The Office versus American Gladiators. Today, Team Office is going to use our physical superiority to beat the Gladiators. I don't know what The Office is thinking going up against American Gladiators because we don't lose. Man, I don't expect Kevin from The Office to sound like Kevin from The Office. That was but speaking to Cam, he's not <laughs> yeah. allowed to speak to camera in his real voice. How that about was that? weird. That was <laughs> definitely weird to that see. That was Kevin from The Office not talking like this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know his real name, but mostly everyone, they didn't get, you know, Michael Scott or Dwight on the show. Sure. They got they got Oscar, Meredith, uh, oh my, Priscilla, is that her name? No. It's, who am I thinking of? Phyllis. Angela? Phyllis. Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis and Creed, and that's all of their real names, I believe. Yeah. Um, Yes, it's very easy to remember that way. And then a bunch of other less notable shows came on this week, July 6th to the 12th. July 11th, Flashpoint debuts a Canadian police drama that I believe CBS brought to its network because of the writer strike. Hmm. Uh, and the only reason I remember it is that once every couple of years where I go through one of my first crushes, IMDb, Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger, is on this show. I wouldn't have ever gotcha. heard of it, but that's the only reason it rings a bell. Uh, also on July 11th, Queen Bees, a Teen Nick uh, reality show with some... Raw young bitches. What is it? Is I'm a sorry, that was my description. It was my description. I wrote it, so I have no. I didn't want to read it, but yeah, it's it's just basically really nasty girls living under one roof. Yeah, okay. uh, really nasty but teenage if it's girls. Teen Nick, then they're like minors, yeah, and totally. like they can't be snatching weaves. It's like they're not, <laughs> they're not gonna really throw down. Yeah. I don't know, man. Little girls can be real mean. <laughs> Okay, this is true. Little girls are super mean, but it's just like talking behind each other's back true. and like laughing at you. I got her credit line canceled. <laughs> um, also on June, uh, July 11th, a couple of stupid reality shows slash uh, game shows went away. Duel is canceled. Duel, a trivia-based show that had an ever-increasing pot. Uh, it is only notable for the highest-winning female game show contestant. Yes, Ashley Register took away almost $2 million dollars. In the game of duel. Nice. And I was. <laughs> I didn't know that it was a trivia game, but I'm still just picturing you doing trivia against a truck that's trying to kill you. <laughs> Sweet, a Spielberg reference. Uh, yeah. And uh, Dance Machine is canceled after just three episodes, also on July 11th on ABC, because, as we all know, dancing competition shows on ABC, it just can't work. Sure. Just can't work. <laughs> uh, I say that obviously is a joke in this day and age. I think that's one of their most consistently high rated, highest rated shows, and they were just missing the celebrity component. It was a competitive yeah. dance show with unknowns. Well, ballroom, really, it needs something. And the celebrity component's the only thing that's going to keep that one going. Yeah, it needs, it needs Drew Carey dancing next to Robin Williams' genie. Otherwise, I'd, exactly. I'd fire that show into the sun had it not done something like that. Yeah. Uh, but that is it for television, uh, July 6th through the 12th. Um, let me, I'm going to have to rattle off some games real quick. I, and people are going to get pissed at me because I'm going to give a major one pretty short shrift. But most of it is ports, 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 lots of ports. Uh, old games coming to new system, but Civ Revolutions coming to Nintendo DS is significant because Civilization games are great, and the a touchscreen and stylus is a great way to play them. And I, be, I believe this went over pretty well, uh, despite some graphical limitations. Devil May Cry Four hits the PC, and Resident Evil Zero hits the Wii. Everyone rejoice! But it's the debut of Shin Megami Tensei Persona Four on PS2 that is undoubtedly the highlight. 
And I think probably, in my opinion, I'd never heard that many people talk about the Shin Megami Tensei series before this game. I didn't play it until it uh, went golden for Vita. But uh, yeah, I think this, this, this is the one that won over most Americans uh, after, after the three's pretty stellar uh, launch over here. But yeah, now it's a series we all know and love, and I play the shit out of five. But this hit the PS2. Notable in that uh, it obviously succumbed to a couple delays because it's hitting the last generation platform only, not PS3 or Xbox 360, but PS2. Hmm. And that is it for Vigi Games. We do have to get out of here. But we want you guys to comment on the show uh, or comment on the official Laser Time Facebook community or the or the Twitter. Yep. Because we for our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time, we will once again be giving you a monthly show celebrating your anecdotes. Think we missed something? Think we... Uh, weren't too kind of something that you liked, you need to let us know, and we will acknowledge that on our exclusive Patreon show every single month. So be sure to support us at patreon.com slash laser time. It pays for the equipment. It keeps us eating. It keeps the equipment and show up to date, and it's the price of a cup of coffee every single month, and you get that, that satisfaction of keeping something you like in the world. Uh, also, yeah. check out our sister show, Laser Time. Diana and Sarah have been on a bunch. It is a topic-based show. Uh, this week's topic, I talked to... Um, uh, arcade proprietor and uh, what would you call that? Amusement stand, coin op restorationist. Yes. Um, and it was, I don't know, it's just a fucking blast. And that's in addition to like interviewing the Roger Rabbit creator in a show about when animals attack in movies that aren't sharks because we're saving that for the men. Yeah. Uh, which I, for some reason, cannot wait for. I don't know how someone still has an interesting spin on a deadly shark. I'm into it. But you put Jason Statham in it, you have me curious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Dwight from The Office. Let's do this. And where can people find you, Dive? Uh, they can find me uh, on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. And also they can find the show at 302010podcasts. Those are the numbers, not the letters. Um, because uh, that's a fun one to follow because I've been teasing what's coming up on each show. And next week... It is the mega episode. There's so much to talk about. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be. Oh, my God. We might have to, like, record it over several days. And everyone's going to have to listen to it, like, over an entire week. Because we've got just the best movies. I'll say this as a tease. I have never rebought something to experience for 302010, but I did this time. I've never done that. I will rent Mm. or steal. Or borrow, but rarely ever rebuy something I already own. But I did. I'll tell you what it is next week. I'm assuming it's the ABBA-based musical that we'll be talking about. <laughs> yeah. well, I had to get ready for the sequel. Of course. Prequel. Whatever it is. Yeah. Nope. There's, uh, anyone's been following along, I have been teasing a movie since we hit the 1988 stuff. And it's finally here. And it's not even the most important movie of 1988 to talk about because there's like the most important action movie of the decade. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, cannot wait. Uh, but Diana, we got to close out with the births and deaths. Give us that. Give us some quizzy stuff. Okay. Well, uh, we only got one death. Uh, July July 6, 1998. We lost Roy Rogers. He was 86. A great, great fast food chain that we all remember. <laughs> I remember it. I love the fried See, chicken. Sarah just but, said, huh? Uh, huh? You know, because I think it was just at the very middle of the 80s. It was probably at its high point. It mm. was a fast food chain. If you ever took, like, the Turnpike in Florida, they were everywhere. Okay. And, and sh- oh, the shitty offering. I hated going there because instead of, like, Happy Meals where you get, like, fucking Garfield and dinosaur toys, they had, like, it's a, it's a, it's a palm tree shaped pen. Enjoy. 
I already got this one. We don't have anything else. We don't have any licenses. And I believe last time I was in New York, there's still like one of these in Times Square. Roy really? Rogers. But he was actual yeah, guy. I'm sorry, Doc. Yeah, there's there's actually a couple left. Uh, but no, he was king of the cowboys. Um, he has three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wow. One for radio, one for TV, one for film. There's 117 credits on IMDb. Jesus. And that includes a TV show that went 105 episodes. Holy Whoa. shit. Roy Rogers, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. He also has a cocktail. <laughs> that's true but yeah if you look through imdb it's like he played a character called roy rogers the whole time you know? just, he's a singing cowboy and it's, just, it's not even credited as himself it's just roy rogers start as roy rogers roy rogers roy rogers roy rogers like that's wonderful okay the only Look other guy the only other person who could get away with that in 2018 is john goodman <laughs> john goodman is john goodman mm-hmm. i mean I, i'm all well, over tony this. danza did it for a while too <laughs> he really did oh yeah I think all his, career. all his famous characters are named tony i believe yep. Uh, yeah, but with the, with the deaths, we gotta reinvigorate ourselves with the birthday. Okay, we got someone who was born during the show again. Uh, born July 8th, 1998. Happy 20th birthday. It's not Spencer Breslin. Nope. Uh, no, we haven't mentioned him on this show, I don't think. Okay. Uh, born in Malibu. Uh, made his acting debut in 2006 at age 7. Uh, oh. 2010 at age 11, he rapped on Justin Bieber's Never Say Never. What? Um, he also uh, caught some heat as a male model wearing women's clothing in a campaign for Louis Vuitton, which I found interesting. Oh, Jaden Smith. There you go. Yes. Finally. Finally. <laughs> oh, how did I? Oh, the streak is broken. As, as, as Thank the God. Reputed internet. The internet's only Jaden Smith defender. <laughs> Jaden Smith. What an asshole. He's 14. Yeah. Leave him alone. He's doing some cool stuff, actually. <laughs> you know guys. what would happen if I had a Twitter at 14? You wouldn't like me either. You would be in jail. <laughs> I would be in. J- I would be in jail. <laughs> no, I heard Mio Yokio was fun. Yeah, so did I. So did I. But we got to close down the show, everybody. And Die has selected to take us out with a little Barry Manilow. Hell yeah, from Hellboy Two. Is this the end, the last song? And like it, it just does a really wonderfully cheesy freeze frame at the end of the movie. <laughs> No, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, Hellboy and, and Abe Sapien, you know, talking about their women troubles, getting drunk and listening to Barry Manilow. And it's just a sweet, it's a sweet scene. Love it. It's cheesy and sweet. So there you go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Patreon.com slash laser time to support what we do. And stay tuned for next week because it's going to be a big one. Bye. Bye.